Welcome to another episode of the Collective Evolution Show podcast here. Just before we get into this interview with Dr. Mario Beauregard, which is going to be a fascinating discussion into our, our current times and consciousness and uh, uh, some really interesting discussion from a uh, neuroscientist who studied consciousness for so, such a long time. Um, I just wanted to remind everybody that our work is pretty well supported entirely by our CETV members at this point. Over at CETV, which is our on-demand streaming platform, we have tons of original content, a lot of exclusive content that we do not release on podcasts or on YouTube or anything like that. It's, it's specific to members only as a thank you for supporting our work and for keeping everything going. We also decide on, on CETV sometimes to take things a lot deeper, talk about things that you know, really we can't put out on YouTube because you know, the, the censorship issues, the, the, the fact that we know it won't even go anywhere um, due to the, the algorithm changes that have happened through, through Facebook, through YouTube, all these sorts of things. So CETV is like the area where we can really go deep and really get out everything that we want to get out um, you know, and everything that we got to say to help, help shift the planet and change the world and all that sort of stuff, which is what we do here at Collective Evolution. So if you want to support the work that we're doing, consider becoming a member of CETV. You can become a member at CETV.one. All right, enjoy the show. Okay, we got a great interview lined up here with Dr. Mario Beauregard. He's a neuroscientist, an author, and now an activist because he's feeling that push from within to start getting engaged uh, even in a bigger way uh, with what's going on in our world right now. Uh, in this conversation that we have here, uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things, and he's going to bring his experience as an internationally known uh, consciousness researcher, as well as uh, he's done a lot of research into mystical experiences. So he's got a pretty fascinating background coming into this, and uh, he, he's even had a lot of his own mystical experiences over the course of time. So he's not just going to bring the uh, you know the knowledge end, the empirical end of, of studying this stuff from a scientific perspective, but he's also going to bring uh, the direct experience to the table as we talk about so much of what's going on in our world right now. Uh, we're going to get a little bit into transhumanism, we're going to get a little bit into AI, and of course, uh, you know, a lot of the events taking place uh, currently with, you know, various uh, racial challenges that are playing out, as well as, you know, the coronavirus and that sort of stuff, and some of the sort of the totalitarian measures we've been seeing um, come into our, our current experience here. So let's, let's settle in here and uh, enjoy this interview. That's kind of one of the ways I wanted to start is mm -hmm. um, is actually looking at like you we were having a conversation the other day and you had said that you you're almost gonna be you you feel like you have to start focusing on activism as opposed to just you know the work you do as a scientist mm -hmm. and what drove that statement for you what made you feel that way? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not only a, a scientist I'm. A, a spiritual, deeply spiritual person, and I've always done uh, meditation, and uh, I've had a series of spiritual experiences throughout my life, and so I'm, I'm very well connected through my um, essence, my spiritual essence, my inner self, higher self, and so uh, I simply received uh, a message, and this was repeated uh, during several days and for a few weeks, that it was time to, uh, uh, you know, get activated and be involved in uh, this uh, crisis because it's uh, 
it represents a huge opportunity in terms of uh, consciousness evolution for the human species. And so that that's and uh, I saw exactly. I, um, like I said, uh, I'm involved in uh, uh, class action, collective action against the government re uh, regarding lockdown, uh, uh, mandatory vaccination, and so on and so forth. And so I made a lot of new friends through social media, and these people sent me a lot of messages. And that's when I realized that we need to create a kind of um, social network, but uh, sort of alliance between uh, the, the citizens of the planet that, are, that can envision a new world, but the new world that we see, it's totally different than what is presented by the people from the United Nations, for instance. Yes. And what, what some say uh, it's uh, called the, the so-called new world order. It's totally different. And so that that was uh that put a uh, sort of pressure on me and uh that's why i decided to uh i know a lot of people all over the planet uh with regard to my work as a scientist and uh, an author also and i realized that right now i'm following alternative media all over the planet on every continent and we are making the same uh, reflections all over the planet at the same time yeah. We're thinking about the same things, regardless of whether we're Canadians or Americans or, you know, from Congo or, you know, Switzerland, doesn't matter. Uh, it's not about the skin color. It's not about divisions, like some people are trying to social engineer in the United States. It's about spiritual evolution, consciousness. Yeah. And uh, some people feel that if we're alone, some people, even spiritual people, the, some of them are afraid and they, they don't realize the power that we have, but we're, we're much more uh, numerous than the other camp. You know, they represent zero, uh, or zero, you know, comma, uh, zero, one percent of the entire humanity. And I'm not proning violence. It's, it, we, we only have to become awake a great awakening like they see in uh, the USA, not right now, and the world can change dramatically very rapidly, like, yeah. like it happened during the uh, the fall of the uh, Berlin Wall. You know, even six months before that, the experts in political science thought that the uh, the Union, so uh, Soviet Union, was a, a huge empire, very powerful, and uh, they didn't see the end of this thing. But all of a sudden, after a few months, all the, uh, the smaller countries that were part of the uh, Soviet Union, the, the, the young people, especially the young people, they felt that it was time to free themselves from this uh, communist regime. And they started to manifest, walk peacefully in the streets. And after a few months, that was the end of the Soviet Union without too much violence really yeah so i i'm sure we can do the same thing uh right now absolutely and so you know you talked about consciousness within that and you know it's it's interesting because when i find one of the things when you talk about consciousness and spirituality is there's there's different uh perceptions out there that people perceive things differently so sometimes right. people will see 
uh, consciousness and, and consciousness transformation as this, oh, we just kind of have to sit and meditate and, and we just, you know, suddenly the world will just change and all these different things. And other people will look at, you know, the change that's going on and they'll say, hey, we have to go out and we have to fight for change and we need to do all these things. And it seems like it's a combination of, of the various actions together. So I, I'm curious to, to hear from you, like when you look at, um, you know, what's playing out and, and even when you talked about the example of the fall of the Berlin Wall there, you know, consciously, what is happening within people's minds, within their feelings, within their spiritual essence, if you will, that's making them look at their world and say, you know, enough is enough. I'm ready for a change. Like, how would you express that? Well, we, it's not been studied uh, scientifically, so I, I cannot use science to, uh, to think about what may be going on there. But uh, personally, I would think that it's an impulse that is coming from deep within, from the, uh, our essence. And uh, it, I think it's part of our, you know, uh, individually, we're supposed to have uh, in spiritual hypnosis. I, I've studied this. Uh, also, I've studied near-death uh, experiences and so on and so forth. And in spiritual hypnosis, they found that the, uh, the therapists often found that we have, uh, on a, an individual basis, we have all uh, sort of uh, soul contract, mm -hmm. a life plan, or a mission, if you will. And I suppose that at this moment, uh, it's a special moment in the uh, human history, and many people feel that they are being uh, activated. And I'm sure that that's what happened uh, during the, the fall of the uh, Soviet Union, exactly at the same moment. And most of these people who participated, they were young people, uh, students, university students, uh, oftentimes, but also uh, older people. Uh, not sure that they knew that uh, consciously, that was part of their life plan, but. To me, it's uh, it's very clear that this is the case, and it's uh, many many people around the world now are feeling this, mostly spiritual people. Mm -hmm. That we uh, we have all we have individual uh, life plans, but also we are participating in, in something much greater than ourselves, and this seems to be um, the case uh, collectively, and that's why we need to. Uh, unite uh, together to, to be more powerful absolutely and that's mm -hmm. something we can we can totally connect with uh, here at CE as well and and I I want to I want to kind of like switch gears a little bit because you <clears throat> mentioned the uh, the UN plan right a lot of people have been talking about hey what's what's sort of some of the underlying uh, stuff that's going on with say COVID-19 for example and, and how does this potentially relate to some documents some ideas that people have found as to what the UN's plan or what the various, you know, sort of new world order plan is that's playing out, which seems to be one pathway that humanity could choose, but there's also this other pathway. And, right. and, and this, you, you sort of mentioned a little bit where you said, bring people together who have, a, you know, a vision for the future that is, is beautiful, but is not necessarily what the UN uh, might have. So to, to yeah. get into that part of the conversation, I want to kind of bring in uh, first looking at what the UN ha or, or these, you know, this sort of new world order agenda, what it has played out, because I know it involves, you know, the infrastructure of 5G, but it also involves there's so much discussion of AI and there's so many, uh, mm -hmm. you know, this push of transhumanism and, and high technological <clears throat> advancement. And 
you know, while that's good in one sense, it also has another side to it. So what have you what have you found in this? Because I know you've looked at this a lot. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For about 25 years now. Um, at first, the uh, uh, the UN people met in uh, Rio uh, in Brazil in 1992, and they uh, created what they call the Agenda 21st for the 21st century. And several, a few decades later, they start to think about Agenda 2030. So that now that's that's their agenda. It's very similar, but now the uh, AI becomes very important in that. And the these people are backed financially by um, the central uh, bankers. The, the, so the Rockefellers, Rothschilds, and so on and so forth are all involved in this. And they, they believe that uh, we need a very significant deep population for the United Nations to reach its goals. And they, they want to save nature. But for them, and I've spoken at the unit, I've been invited at the United Nations uh, 10, 12 years ago, and I met some of these people. And the, uh, I can tell you that they see us as uh, insects. They call us uh, useless eaters. And they, for them, we are the cancer uh, with regard to planet Earth. And we need to be uh, removed at about 90%. They would like to eliminate 85 to 90% of the population. And you can find what they are planning to do on the, um, the so-called Georgia Guidestones mm -hmm. in the suburb of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. It's, it's right there. It's, it's very clear. Um, at first, when they created Agenda 21, they were not very, uh, they were not discussing that overtly. Uh, but not, during the last year with the, 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 this uh, so-called uh, COVID uh, crisis, um, they have started to talk more openly about that. And so when, for instance, Bill, Bill Gates is part of this uh, cabal and uh, he uh, recognized that, uh, you know, it, when, when you administer the, a vaccine, it will kill a certain number of people, but that's fine. He gave a TED talk about this for 17 minutes and he was proposing a, at least a reduction of 15 percent of the people on the planet but some uh, more extreme uh, members of this dark cabal they would like uh, a depopulation of about 85 90 percent and the other people so, so that's part of the agenda and they want to eliminate uh, paper money credit cards and so on so through the uh, vaccine the would uh, this vaccine is the first one of its kind because it uh, it will modify us it would modify us genetically mm -hmm. like exactly like Monsanto, for instance is doing with the uh, crops the uh, and it it's not very healthy for us to eat these things and it was certainly wouldn't be healthy for us to re to receive the chip because it's uh, part of um, nanotechnology and it will uh, it will transform our uh, DNA. Let's just and back. He, let's just backtrack for one second there. So I know this is when we're talking with Bill Gates about the. Uh, he talks about the nano uh, chip that he wants to put mm -hmm. uh, underneath the skin. You're saying he would want to yes. administer that with the vaccine, this yes. ID card 2020 sort of thing. Exactly. That's uh, he has a patent for this, and that's part of the 
it, it will come this fall and this winter. That's why they are talking about the uh, the second wave right. of the coronavirus. Even if there's no coronavirus or COVID-19, uh, they will still uh, try to uh, administrate the, the vaccine. So, for instance, Trudeau has, uh, Justin Trudeau has ordered uh, 37 million doses of these vaccines. In the United States, uh, they have over 300 million doses. Yeah, that's, that's a full population. And he, Trump said uh, at some point, I like him, but uh, he said, uh, if necessary, the military will uh, will go to the people and uh, will take care of that for those who want to receive. The, uh, so, so to come back to the uh, the plan of the uh, so-called uh, dark cabal, it's a very significant um, uh, reduction of the population. It's also a destruction of the. They want to uh, destroy the middle class economically, and we see that already. With with the, the participation of the uh, the prime ministers and the presidents of various countries, and uh, after that they would uh, it would be like in uh, 1984. So you will be totally dependent on the state. They will, and with technology, they are planning to create um, a totalitarian state based on technology uh, and also uh, you know under the control of the richest people on the planet. Well, it's, in, it's interesting because like, and, and I'm, I would imagine in your, as your research uh, as a scientist exploring consciousness and all these mm -hmm. sorts of things, it, it appears as though there's this like um, one underlying field that everything is made of. And, and here on earth, we, we've been playing with this idea of polarity and duality so much mm -hmm. back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, and as we awaken to this greater sense of oneness consciousness, this greater sense of connectedness, it's almost like the height of that duality, that polarity is coming up in mm -hmm. our conscious awareness so much to, exactly. to say like, look, this is, this is what you're playing with right now. Do you believe that um, the world beyond the, sort of this duality is one of oneness consciousness and that we're sort of going through this experience to to overcome this long-held journey of duality? Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. I do believe that because I had uh, several major spiritual experiences throughout my life, including a, a near-death experience when I was 20 years old. Mm. And I can tell you that I've experienced these levels of being and consciousness and reality. So I know that's the ultimate destination. But, but in order to get there, <laughs> We, we have to go through, uh, you know, like, like you're saying, a, a period very intense and uh, uh, we'll see, you know, uh, battles between two different camps and uh, a lot of chaos socially. And we see that already, uh, especially in the United States, but uh, elsewhere also on the planet. And, uh, but we, if we're here at this moment on our planet, it's because we have to uh, take action. You yeah. have to get involved. Yeah, we all play some roles at some level. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, going, continuing with this agenda, right? Continuing with the the idea of the transhumanism and getting the chip uh, through the vaccine, or however they decide to uh, to move in this direction. What's the what? Have, what else have you found with regards to the transhumanism agenda? Well, transhumanism is the for for the people who may not be aware. It's, it's the um, the philosophical view that we need to transform, enhance uh, 
human beings uh, in terms of their bodies and also their brains. And to do that, uh, we propose to use very sophisticated uh, technologies like implants, for instance, or AI and other stuff like that. And the, they are firmly, uh, I don't know, they firmly believe that by 2030 or some say 2040, will become, well, a, a part of humanity will become cyborgs and will go down on that path and others will refuse. But if they do, like me, for instance, I'll be considered as a second citizen, a second class citizen. I will, I will look like a chimp compared to us, for instance, in terms of intellectual power. That's what um, Elon Musk, for instance, is saying, you know, the owner of Tesla and SpaceX. He's also, he owns another company, Neuralink. So, and it's almost ready. The, the uh, building a, a neural interface, a brain implant for the last few years. And so he's going to propose by the end of this year, at first it will be with clinical patients to help them uh, create what they call the mind-brain interface. So for instance, uh, people uh, experiencing the so-called locked-in syndrome, they cannot move their limbs. Uh, with that in their brain, they could um, they could activate uh, a computer. They, they, they can take control of uh, you know a keyboard. They can uh, make open a door, things like that, through their uh, motor cortex activity, through imagination, visualization, and so th that's fine. And it's a technology that exists. It's been existing for the last 20 years. That, so that you have good applications. But he, ultimately, what he wants to do, and other guys like him at the Silicon Valley and the, the, the cabal people, the dark cabal people, they want to upgrade themselves. They, they, they believe that they will be uh, extremely powerful intellectually and even physically. Uh, so they, they, they would like to become cyborgs. And uh, if they do that, they will look at, at us um, like domestic pets or things like that. And, uh, you know, there are various levels in terms of um, AI. So you, you have a, a weak form of AI that uh, you find in personal uh, assistants like Alexa, uh, smartphones, uh, drones, stuff like that. Um, you have another level where you can match the intellectual capacities of humans with robots, and we're almost there right now. And there's a, another level eventually that they call super uh, intelligence. So the androids, or even the uh, a network through a supercomputer, uh, would be infinitely more intelligent than the most brilliant minds. Uh, humans and such an intelligence not guided by emotions any emotion without any compassion could eventually lead to the destruction of uh, humankind mm -hmm. and they believe that elon musk is aware of that but still he wants to take the chance and uh, it's a big gamble and now we have more and more scientists uh, opposing this this view in uh, trying to convince politicians all over the planet that uh, the research and the development of, for instance, uh, uh, human robots 
robots looking like humanoid robots, uh, it should be regulated um, uh, at the public level. So the governments themselves, like the army, DARPA in the United States, they, they, they need to be uh, regulated, controlled to a certain extent, otherwise it's becoming very different or very dangerous for the future of humanity. And the same thing for the private sector, uh, because it can be, it could be eventually dangerous for, for us, all of us. And also there are many problems with this idea because you will have to solve many, many uh, difficulties. For instance, if you want to implant something in the brain, uh, it's likely that uh, you may get an infection and there, there are technical problems around this. And um, uh, another point is that these guys, these computer guys, they are not neuroscientists or psychologists. And so they believe that you can reduce mental processes and consciousness simply to uh, information processing. Mm -hmm. And so they are convinced that you can transfer uh, mental processes, thoughts, beliefs, conscious states into supercomputers eventually now this is not possible but the they believe that but the they are not uh, uh they do not realize that a thought is not physical it is associated with physical processes in the brain with uh, chemical processes electrical processes but the thought itself is non-physical you cannot um, isolate it physically but now now they they will uh, they are promising us that will be able to reach immortality by downloading us through uh, a, a supercomputer. But it's not, um, this is not a sound idea from a, a neuroscientific point of view. Not at all. It's not feasible. And um, so uh, in, the, in the near future, I want to expose all of this because there are a lot of myths related to this field. And of these guys, they are, they have something to sell, of course. They want to sell big ideas, projects, and so, but, but, uh, you know, they are talking about many things they don't really know. And it's very obvious when you hear them that they don't know what they're talking about. And uh, so I want to, to let people know about this and all, also the, the possible dangers. Uh, right. This, uh, so the idea, the idea of taking one's consciousness is essentially it's 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 the very idea that it's the it sort of goes back to um, the whole chicken and egg discussion. Where does consciousness originate? It does it conscious uh, originate within the brain or does it originate outside the brain? And yes. I think from a scientific perspective, correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, they still haven't sort of locked in exactly what the consensus is on that. It's still being explored. However. Yes. You know, a lot of the non-material science does point to the fact that consciousness does originate outside the brain. Yes. And yes, uh, it, it's gaining traction. The non-materialist yeah. view about consciousness now, it's, uh, it's really becoming uh, more recognized. And you have people like um, even uh, Koch, uh, Christoph Koch, who was working with Francis Crick, one of the greatest materialists of all times. Uh, he was a student. And at first in, in his career, at the beginning of his career, he was, he was a materialist. But now he's saying, uh, no, no, uh, consciousness is primary. It doesn't uh, need a physical substrate to exist. 
it's uh, so it's uh, and you see that you see that in a, a philosophy of mind also many philosophers are changing camps mm -hmm. but, uh, before we it was not possible to say that uh, openly publicly because it was considered a dogma that the you know the brain creates consciousness like uh, you know other organs create hormones or stuff like that it, but during the last 10 years it has started to change uh, quite uh, significantly do you uh, do you feel that like a lot of the the desire behind this idea for transhumanism or uh, living forever, for example, this idea of immortality? Do you think it comes from the materialist point of view that mm -hmm. the moment the brain dies, you know, you die, and therefore if we can yes. if we can transfer the brain, so it's almost like a fear we're we're dealing with a fear of yeah, our own yeah. mortality. Oh yeah, the, 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 these guys say that openly. Like the guys at Google, uh, Zuckerberg. Uh, so yes, they don't. They, they own billions of dollars. Uh, I suppose they enjoy their lives, and they don't want it to, uh, to finish. But th yes, they are materialists. Right. They don't. They don't have a clue that consciousness does not disappear, vanish after physical death, and uh, they don't believe that at all. You know? And, so and they are, yes, they are fearful. Right. And so, you know, that that's a layer of consciousness. That's a level of, of consciousness. This is very sort of uh, limited material, sort of um, almost like strictly 3D version of consciousness or maybe right. even 2D, if you will. It's, yeah. it's me and the world. And that's, you know, that's what's there. And yes. whereas when we, when we go back to this, this consciousness evolution, this, this evolution of our thought, of our mind, of who we are. And, 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 you know, I've had many mystical experiences myself, too, so I can relate mm -hmm. to a lot of what you shared. And it's almost like, well, the view of reality that we've had for so long, which is that, you know, it's, it's, it's us in this physical world. And it's almost like, you know, just just it's just material. That's all it is. It, it seems to be shifting more and more and more. And, and I'm curious, like when you have looked at the near death experience research, when you've, you know, kind of really dove into this, um, what, what have you found in terms of what happens at the point of death or what happens to consciousness after it exits the physical body? Well, yes. So there, there's a, a part of our consciousness that is uh, more physical. So some researchers call it the physical consciousness. And this is the, so it's related to um, biological needs and primary psychological needs. And, and all of this disappear uh, when you experience uh, physical uh, death, even for a few minutes during clinical death. So, so this physical portion that interests the guys of Silicon Valley it doesn't last for long. And, and so there's a no, another form of consciousness that takes um, over. And it's it's uh, in form, uh, we could say an extra cerebral form of consciousness. And it, it's uh, people realize who they are really. And so their, their identity is not related at all to the, uh, their physical body. They, they realize that. And uh, so you're more, they are more connected with their spiritual essence, their self, their ultimate self. And uh, that, that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. And if it's the case of uh, clinical death and they are uh, reanimated after a few minutes, uh, the physical consciousness has a tendency to vanish a bit from these people after that. It, and it can last for several years. So it's more 
it's it's becoming less important, uh, less powerful, less in control, uh, and these people become transformed psychologically and spiritually very often. Yeah. So from what I'm hearing here, it's almost like uh, um, a layer of who you think you are, which is, right. uh, let's say, a very limited way of seeing reality, not necessarily right or wrong, just a limited <laughs> way mm -hmm. um, begins to dissipate and be, the, it's almost like a veil begins to come right. uh, thinner and thinner and thinner. And you can see in more, you know, uh, more experience who you truly are while you're still in the physical body. And, yeah. you know, this is an interesting idea because, you know, we, we, we talk so much, especially right now, right? We, we yeah. talk so much about the importance of our physical identity, right? We're having, mm. as a collective, we're having a, um, mm. a racial uh, um, dance that we're playing right now where we're, we're coming to the surface, all these ideas, all these beliefs, all these things that we've had, which have been a real part of our history, but, but it's almost like it's coming up again to be like, is this who you truly are? Is this your essence? And can, you know, our true essence come through where that veil of, of paying so much attention to our physical body begins to dissipate? And, and from, from what I'm hearing is people who have had these uh, mystical experiences, uh, that veil does thin greatly. Does yes. someone need to have that physical experience to, a, to a, I guess you could say, um, shift their consciousness, elevate their consciousness to, uh, to see that? Yes, but not necessarily through uh, the death process. So uh, some people uh, will reach states of consciousness like, uh, like these during uh, meditation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it, it comes uh, spontaneously without any apparent reason. I received letters from people all over the planet telling me that even if they are not truly spiritual before that, yeah, religious. Uh, there are also class of um, sacred substances that you can take. The what we understand now is that it's like uh, your brain is like an interface for uh, more refined levels for layers of consciousness. But in, in, it's like a, a TV station. Uh, usually, uh, you are programmed to reach all the, the, uh, the certain number of frequencies or channels. And you, you don't know that there are hundreds or thousands of other channels or planes of existence possible. And, but eventually, uh, you can have an experience in which there will be a, an alteration of your brain chemistry, like I said, can happen during a meditative state can happen spontaneously or you can take a, a substance can be a ritual little death or um, there are many many possibilities but when you have this electrochemical shift then you become aware of other frequencies or other aspects planes of reality mm -hmm. so your your view is expanding your, your reality is expanding yeah and um but it's not necessary to uh, undergo uh, physical death to have access to this. And now it seems that more and more people on the planet are living this yeah. and the, you are more awake. And um, so that's why I'm saying that the, all the social institutions that exist presently, uh, very soon, they, they wouldn't be, uh, they won't be adequate. They won't fit yeah. with the new perceptions of human, you know, a, a large portion of humanity.
Yeah, it's like um, there, you know, those, our physical world, our society was built out of a certain level of consciousness mm -hmm. that yeah. matched the one where, hey, it's all about our physical identity, yeah. it's all about this. And as we expand that, it's like, well, it no longer computes. And it's why mm -hmm. there's so many of us, like you said it earlier on, that, that feel this desire, that feel this push to want to change things because it's like my consciousness and the world out there, they don't, they don't match. Mm -hmm. And I know we're capable of something uh, so much more. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't I don't share a lot uh, yet on CE. I don't, I don't know why, mm -hmm. but of the experiences that I've had and of, you know, generally the a lot of the mystical stuff that 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 goes on in my own personal life. But it's like um, I recall and, and, you know, you may have had something similar, but it's like I remember I was about 10 years ago, 11 years ago when I was first starting Collective Evolution, I started to do a lot more uh, exploratory work into my consciousness and all this sort of stuff. And. <laughs> I literally remember like a point where I had finished doing some sessions of, of just exploring, letting go different programs and all these different things that I had within myself. And it was like a, a switch flipped, if you will. And all of a sudden, like, I just didn't, uh, it's hard to explain. It's hard to put into words, but it's like my physical body was nothing more than I walk into a car and I drive the car and that's it. Like, there's no, oh my God, this car is me. This car is who I am. This car is like, I need to put everything about this car. Like how I dressed, all these things started to just, it was like, hey, I'll wear this shirt today and that's it. But the shirt doesn't represent who I am. The shirt isn't a, and when that, when that switch flipped, it was like this expansion, this, this understanding of, oh, this is who I really am. This is, I remember this, I remember this feeling. You know, and, and so much of my life since then has been about sort of living through that. And so I think from what I'm hearing you say, too, is it's like um, and this is, you know, this is kind of the foundation of so much of what we do. And so it's, it's awesome to hear it from uh, what you found in your scientific research as well. But it's like humanity is really going through this process where we are we are going to be living this new state of consciousness uh, on an everyday basis. Right. And so we have to. The world has, uh, to, has to change in terms of, uh, you know, the institutions and politics, economy, and, you know, we, we need something uh, totally uh, transformed mm -hmm. uh, that fit with these experiences and this expansion of, of consciousness that more and more people are going through. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so I realized by looking at people from various alternative media all over the planet that uh, now more and more people are realizing that, for instance, the government is not necessarily your friend and that perhaps at this point of our evolution, maybe we don't need governments, uh, the traditional forms of government uh, anymore. We, we, we need new forms of governance. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps a, even a global form of governance. I am also for, uh, I'm a globalist, but uh, I'm a spiritual. So it's, I'm not talking about the same global uh, yeah. <laughs> than the other camp. Right. But I think that we have to go through, when you have these experiences, you realize that frontiers are artificial on the planet. And when yeah. you take the plane or you go into space, you look at the planet and so, uh, I think we have to transcend these these barriers, uh, geopolitical sure. barriers. They are artificial. They reflect history, but 
uh, it doesn't mean that it has to be like that forever. And uh, the only problem is that we have to find a, a form of governance at a global level that uh, won't uh, be entrapped within the the old Gramsci system. Yeah. So we have to. It's a it's a trap. We we have to be very, very aware and careful. But some people are thinking about, um, for instance, uh, ecological communities all over the planet. And uh, so we wouldn't need a chief of planet Earth or something like that, perhaps because. Uh, there would we would be interconnected, but we we don't need a president of uh, the World Federation or uh, governments would could be different. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some people have ideas about that, and the activists in this field, and, and they are already proposing models, new yeah. models. For sure, yeah. It's a it's something I've been spending a lot of time with, sort of behind yeah. the scenes as well. Like, you know, what would government look like? What would this feel like? And and it when you're in a different uh, a different way of seeing the world and and you're you're looking at it and saying well what what really would we need one of the big questions that you start to come to is um, you know we're we're currently we have one foot in one world and one foot in another let's yeah. say right yeah. and this is this is part of the challenge is we have to go through a transition uh, mm -hmm. from our systems and infrastructure uh, point of view where you know, there's some of us that are, are starting to uh, experience this state of consciousness on a much bigger way, but there's a lot of us still that are not quite there. And, you know, there's, uh, it's not like, you know, people who are experiencing it judge the other people. It's like, well, we all want to go there together. We all want to get there together. But how do we assist that process? And then how do we transition our physical structures to, to match this? And it just leads to a blunder of questions that can sometimes be very overwhelming. But but when you remain playful with it, it's it's sort of this fun experience and it, it begs this sort of initial question that I'm going to pose to you, which is um, if, you know, people are, are maybe hearing what, what, what we're saying and they totally resonate. They're like, yes, I experienced these states of consciousness. I totally envision this, you know, new beautiful world. Uh, there's others who might be looking at it going, you know, I, I kind of hear what you guys are saying. I full, may not fully be able to relate to it and I might be curious, like, what do those states of consciousness feel like and, and how might I be able to explore these myself? How do I break down some of these veils? From you and your research and your experience, do you have ways or do you have anything to recommend to people where? Well, yes, before I was, I was uh, talking about an alteration of the uh, electrical chemical activity in the brain. So you can, you can reach that state and you can be guided by other people and that's you see in various traditions. So you can, uh, if you're not, uh, you know, used to certain substances uh, that are called antiogens, so, so they, they, they lead to the gut within, uh, they were called be before uh, psychedelics in the 60s and the 70s, opening the psyche. You can be guided by um, experienced people with that, and uh, if you are not too fearful, and if you control the breathing and so on and so forth, then you can have very significant uh, mystical experience mm -hmm. that will change forever your outlook on, on life. Uh, that's that's what from the, the the control the breathing exercises also that it's been developed uh, widely in the uh, pranayama tra tradition of India yeah. for thousands of years. And they, they have various techniques to reach different goals, including uh, the, these experiences also. Yeah. So that, that's another way 
you, you can uh, you can also um, ask for it. You can send the intention clearly that the kind of experience that you, you would like to have. Mm -hmm. Very often, it will come back. Yeah. People sometimes forget, and it, in in certain cases, it might take a few years, but eventually, uh, I I receive testimonies like that that it's a, a possibility. And so uh, these uh, techniques are well, especially with the uh, the substances, you, it, it has to be done carefully under guidance, uh, at least at first. Uh, but uh, I'm not willing to put implants in the brain to produce such experiences because of the other problems that might be associated with it. So, and we don't have any clue that this is possible. The um, proponents of AI, they are more interested in terms of um, boosting our cognitive uh, capacities, you know, uh, problem solving, for instance, uh, learning, creativity to a certain extent, but uh, they never talk about emotions, compassion, empathy, because it doesn't exist yeah. and uh, for them, and it's not important. And uh, that's, that's why they see them very easily uh, merging with machine. Yeah. But in spiritual people, very rarely you will encounter somebody who is spiritual and at the same time who wants to receive implants, who wants to be uh, become a, a cyborg. Uh, spirituality has been talking about a form of transhumanism, you know, expanding consciousness of homo sapiens for thousands of years. Yeah. You didn't use the term transhumanism, but in reality, the ultimate transhumanism for me is the spiritual transformation. Sure. And when you undergo spiritual transformation, many things changes. Uh, they change in your brain, in terms of brain activity, neurotransmitters, uh, electrical processes. You change the expression of your genes, uh, certain hormones, uh, and so on and so forth. So to me, that that's the uh, ideal form of, uh, if you want to use this concept of yeah. reaching another level. Yeah, it's like evolving, evolving the human experience from uh, a, a, a point of consciousness as opposed to evolving the human experience through right. uh, logical and mental, mental processes right. that are built from a limited mm -hmm. state of, of consciousness mm -hmm. and being and thinking, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, that's a fascinating thing. And, and one thing I was thinking when you were talking about some of the, the previous stuff um, with regards to having experiences and asking for it. and you know, the asking part of it, I, I find to be so potent at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and even for the last, you know, I think I've been saying this for about four or five years where it, it feels like energetically on the planet, it, it, there's the potency for change is so high that it's greater. Yeah, yeah that I it's like it. the, yeah. the need that veil between, you know, our current state of consciousness and experiencing others is, is thinning, right? It's thinning. And so to have these mystical experiences to, to sometimes they just happen by accident to people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and other times it's almost like just ask, like set the intention, allow it to show up however it would, because, you know, right now you, the deeper aspect of you, your soul is asking for the change. And, and it's, and it's about, are you going to have the, the sort of the mental awareness to say, Hey, I'm going to tune into that experience. It's like, I'm, I'm going to tune the radio to opening up to that experience versus staying 
everyday life, you know, everything that's been, you know, in my reality, I'm just going to focus on that. But going back to expanding reality, right? Am I open to expanding that perception? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I, I receive a lot of uh, testimonies from people around the world telling exactly what you're saying, that the, uh, it's more easy to connect with the spiritual realm and that the our capacity to alter physical reality through intention, for instance, is uh, it's more obvious and uh, it's quicker also. Yeah. People see that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I find uh, I find the the like the speed of manifestation, if you will, mm -hmm. um, when it aligns with what's truly serving to your journey of evolution is very quick. When you yeah. are trying to manifest, and, and this is kind of one of the, the big topics I'm working on behind the scenes as well, when we're trying to manifest and create uh, <laughs> consciously things that come from the old story, the old human story of like, I need to obtain wealth, I need to obtain this, I need to obtain material. It doesn't really go because the deeper aspect of you is saying, how is that going to serve you to, to, yeah. to go there? How is that really what your journey is about? You, you talked about soul contracts, which let's dive into that a little bit if we can. I know we don't have too much time left, but um, going into the soul contracts, what uh, expand upon that? What have you what have you found with that? And what does that sort of mean in the context of, of one's life? OK, um, you've heard about the, uh, the life review during yep. your death experience. So yep. it's a bit the same concept, but uh, so you're um, and, and it's been reported by people uh, undergoing uh, spiritual hypnosis and going between uh, they go, you know, they can experience previous lives, but also lives between lives. So the, the space in between two incarnations and apparently and uh, we have thousands of uh, accounts of that obtained by um, the, the creators of uh, spiritual hypnosis, Michael Newton, Doris Cannon also. The, um, the people report that before the incarnation, you have to choose the, the goals, uh, you know, the uh, grosso modo, grossly, what, are the, what do you want to develop or acquire in terms of attributes, patience, capacity to love, for instance, and stuff like that, but also some events, uh, some events, very important events, like what we're experiencing right now, it's, it's part of the, uh, the deal, what you choose to do, what you choose to learn, and what you're going to do uh, regarding other people, what will be your impact, uh, and so on, you know. So, so yes, um, a lot of feedback that I get from people all over the planet, this is exactly what you say, that if they are not aligned with their their impression of their mission on life, manifestation doesn't work. Or it works, but you know, not very well. Yeah. But if they are perfectly aligned, um, it's like magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's sort of the the missing layer to uh, the you know the secret and and there's. Yeah. Yes. There's even there's a lot of work that that's done, uh, you know, where people are talking about how well if you if you do meditation and you get into this state of you know complete mm -hmm. neutrality, you can create anything. And and there's truth to that, but there's also yeah. this layer of, you know, you you mentioned it's like well sometimes you come to experience something 
to obtain a specific lesson out of it. Mm -hmm. And you can try and manifest your way out of the experience, but if you haven't grasped the lesson, it will kick, it will stick around, right? And so it's almost like there's, there's, there's no amount of manifesting that will move you past something that um, you really sort of need to gain the clarity on. And, and the work of uh, Joe Dispenza, for example, he talks yeah. about uh, a lot of this stuff, but he says, you know, my success rate's only about 25% in getting people to overcome certain things. And I often wonder, um, whether the other 75%, I mean, this is what intuitively aligns with my, with my, mm -hmm. myself when I look into this, is whether mm -hmm. the other 75% is that, you know, within the person's soul contract, their mission, they're, they're trying to, to necessarily move past something that they haven't grasped that full lesson mm -hmm. on yet. And I, I'm curious how many times well, you've... Yeah, that's exactly what I think. But uh, yeah. it's not been, there's no study of this yet. Right. But, uh, would be very interesting to uh, because it, it it can be verified uh, empirically. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, it could be very interesting in the future to to, to verify this. Need some deeper research. It sounds like yeah, yes. But isn't it interesting the idea of uh, you know in a lot of cases we intuitively know something, but the 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 mental side of us also wants to understand it uh, yeah. through study and I. I, I, and I'm going to ask you this question because it's an interest. I've been playing with this thought a lot. I, I sometimes feel we want to study it, um, not to affirm it for ourselves when we intuitively know, but mm -hmm. because there's such a big portion of our story and our history and our population that is very much in that state of consciousness where it requires uh, that mental replication, yes. right? And so I wonder as we evolve through this, is there going to be, and we become more uh, in tune with our, our, our authentic self, if you will, is the need and the desire for such empirical results, is it going to diminish, you feel? Oh, yes, yes. And as for me, uh, it's like that. I, all the, the major insights that I've had uh, throughout my life, it was through intrusion. And... Uh, I want to, so, so I agree with you. Personally, I wouldn't need to, uh, to, to conduct science projects. However, science has replaced religion as the ultimate cognitive authority right. in terms of knowledge. Yeah. So if you, so you can, now we have to do that. We have to use it to convince right. people that this is reality. But eventually, I'm sure it will vanish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I know it's like as you say that, I think to myself, all the people who are like going, "Oh my God!" But it's the greatest gift to humanity, science, right? And I say, there's been so many incredible things, and it's helped our evolution. Oh, yes. But, but eventually, we evolve beyond stuff, right? And and I think yeah. this is the beauty of of right now is we're in this process of letting go and letting go the, uh, of the old stories, mm -hmm. letting go of the story that has shaped humanity up to this point, knowing that it's okay to evolve. And yeah. um, I guess to end this off, I, I'd love to hear some thoughts from you as to what, um, what, is, what could the world look like moving forward if we uh, decide to create from this uh, beautiful state of consciousness that's emerging within us? Yeah, well, I think... Uh the United Nations would disappear. We, we wouldn't uh, need uh, agencies like uh, United Nations and the World Health Organization and 
central banking also would uh, disappear because it's a form of economic slavery. Mm-hmm. For instance, in Canada, uh, 80% of the income taxes, it's for reimbursing the, the debt yeah. we collect the amount of money that we owe to these. So we'll never be able to reimburse them. It's a, it's a slavery system. Yeah. And in the, the new world we're talking that we can see uh, already emerging, uh, there's no place for this. There's no, I don't think, uh, I think we need to change uh, our relationship with regard to money. Is money in that kind of world, would money be necessary? I don't, I'm not sure about this. Uh, um, but, you know, we would have to find forms of exchange. But um, uh, but I think that uh, we would organize ourselves in terms of communi- communities yeah. locally, although we would be interconnected at, uh, Global uh, globally. Uh, but uh, many change, many things would change, like also the uh, uh, the reliance on big pharma, all these big structures that really belong to the the old world, the archaic based on power, greed, and yeah. manipulation, and they don't have any place in this new world. But uh, I know that there will be a transition period, and it will be. It may be rough at certain times, yeah. uh, uh, but we we have to um, we have to get there, and uh, many more people are you know uh, waiting to this. And for once, I'm very uh, optimistic about uh, mm-hmm. this uh, major shift uh, in terms of uh, people all along the human history who were uh, suffering because of the, the political structures of the time or economic structures, they always thought uh, about uh, a better future. Mm-hmm. And they, 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 they thought you, you can go back to thousands of, few thousands of years at the time of uh, Jesus Christ, for instance, and the people in Judea, and they were thinking about freeing themselves from the Romans and uh, a, be- a, more, um, a, f- a fairer world and justice and the, and it's been like that all throughout uh, history. But now, for us, uh, we may see that for the first time in at least the, the the known history of humans. Because some people are arguing that there have been many cycles of humanity. Yeah. But for this cycle, uh, I'm starting to believe more and more that. Uh, We'll see that because more and more people want that. Yeah, and uh, you know we are billions of people that want that versus a very small number of individuals who try to control uh, human giant. Yeah, and I think this is the important of these conversations and and conscious media in general is the idea that instead of just talking about our current woes uh, politically, economically, uh, societally, from this standpoint of keeping it within the system, but just changing the system. Right, we're, right. we're talking about this from a standpoint of, okay, that's the system. We played with that. But does it resonate with you mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. really continue just making small adjustments to it? Or are we capable mm-hmm. of something totally different? It's like creating a space for people to, to feel okay to explore that side of them, to yes. ask themselves these questions. Because 
you know, you ask people all the time, and when you're a kid, you know, you know, it's like, well, do we really have to have the world like this? Like, can't we just change it? And and as we grow up, we start saying, well, no, you can't because you know this structure and that. But it's like, yeah, but but we made it all up, right? So of course we could change it. And and I feel like we kind of have to get into that uh, that playful state again of viewing the world in that way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for uh, for doing this with us. This was a, a fantastic conversation. I, mm-hmm. I think. You know, exploring these new ideas and, and ways of looking at things is really important right now. So I appreciate the work that you're doing and uh, would love to have you back anytime you want to share uh, anything else. Yes. No. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, don't uh, don't live in uh, fear and let's be hopeful for the future. Uh, and we don't want to we don't uh, don't wait after other people to create this future. It's uh, we, we all have to do that ourselves as co-creators of this uh, yeah. it's it's a matter of conscious evolution and yeah. uh, so we're all if we are united uh, we're more powerful and so that's why i think it's very at this point it's very important to uh to, co- to communicate between ourselves to you know get become more one yeah yeah, yeah. and the alliance of conscious uh, spiritual people uh, at this point of th- in time i think it's very important for the future of humanity beautiful well said okay awesome. take care joe <laughs> yep you as well Alrighty, thanks so much for listening to this episode be sure to share this episode with friends you might think uh, that could like this content that want to hear things from a grounded perspective and really kind of go deep on uh, what's going on from a current events perspective and how we can create change in our world from a completely different mindset, completely different way of looking at things. And as always, consider becoming a member of CETV over at CETV.one. Again, this is how we're supporting our work at this time, and there's tons of really cool exclusive content over at CETV. All right, thanks again so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week.